Welcome to the Queer Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gee, and this season I'm talking with current and former queer student athletes from my alma mater, Brigham Young University. For those who aren't familiar, BYU is a faith-based private university affiliated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In 2018, I became the first student athlete at BYU to publicly come out as queer, so these interviews with other LGBTQ student athletes are the first of their kind. I hope each episode reminds everyone that queer student athletes are an integral part of BYU's community, and they deserve to have their perspective shared. Today I'm talking with Alexis Kafusi, a former member of Brigham Young University's women's basketball team. She was on the team from 2008 to 2012, and she's from Provo, Utah. She's the oldest of five kids, four of whom have been student athletes at BYU, and her dad coached football also at BYU. And her mom is also the current mayor of Provo. During her sophomore year, Alexis was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, a cancer affecting the immune system. Uh, She got married to her wife, Carly, in 2019, and they are now living in Newington, Connecticut. Alexis has a special place in my heart because after I came out at BYU, she was the first alumni to reach out um, and basically become a safe space for us to talk about what it's like to be queer at BYU. And she really helped me when I felt very isolated. So it means a lot to be able to share our conversation with everyone. And I hope you enjoy. I was going to ask, like, do you like, is Provo, is Utah better than Connecticut? Oh, 100%. Okay, yeah. Yeah. In a a dream world, ESPN would be in Utah so we could move back there, but Mm, it's in Connecticut, so we're here. (laughs) No, and that makes so much sense because sometimes we have to go where the job is. Correct, correct. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, and you have to tell us a little bit about Carly, of course, your oh, yeah. gorgeous wife. Yeah. Give us the my tea of her. Um, yeah. <laughs> my sweet wife. She works for ESPN. <laughs> she works on the production side of things. I don't really know what she does. She sits in like the big white trucks. Yeah. Tells, I think she like tells people when to put things on the screen, makes graphics. Got but it. so she works, she covers college football, um, women's final four gymnastics Amazing. she was a gymnast so she loves doing gymnastics we love that and then nba and nfl draft she's been with espn for like six years six seven years and she loves it she really loves that's incredible and she's very powerful because i met her when you guys got married and she is truly like exudes power oh yeah she she's awesome she actually you're gonna love this espn because like we've been going through like the process of like having a kid Mm-hmm. So, like, we've started that process, and, like, ESPN, like, they have these great benefits, but how it works is, like, because we want to use, like, my eggs, and Carly's going to carry our kids because of my cancer. Like, they don't mm-hmm. – my doctor doesn't want me on hormones for that long. Just, right. Like, it could kick something into gear, so. Right. But ESPN, they're like, oh, well, like, we're going to give you X amount of dollars to cover your family building fees, but you have to have, like, six failed – IUIs before we'll even cover IVF and you have to like jump Mm. through do all these like crazy steps and Carly's like well that's kind of ridiculous because like she's like my wife like has cancer like 
mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not feasible for us to do six IUIs and, right. you know, like that you don't, do you make like straight do six IUIs? No. So mm-hmm. why do we have to do six IUIs to get these benefits? Right. She like ended up fighting on them and she ended up, they ended up changing Disney, Disney did ended up changing their whole policy <gasps> so that it was like inclusive to all married couples. So wow. like, we don't have to like do that process of like a bunch of failed IUI treatments and like all yeah. this crazy stuff, but cause they were only making all like the gay lesbian couples married at Disney do it. Not oh, fail like couples. a certain number of times before. Correct. Before they would give us our benefits. Wow. But yeah, so she, she like, yeah, she went and got it changed. And so now we can like have access to all the family building benefits immediately and not later. That's incredible. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, that's huge. And oh my gosh, like I, I hope that all goes well. That's massive. And you guys would be the best parents. Oh my gosh. Yeah, oh no. my gosh. You guys are having the baby. I know. Oh. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, That's the plan. That, that <laughs> makes me so, so happy. So I love this because we're starting at like where you're at right now. And mm-hmm. now we're going to like jump back in time. And we're going to talk about how you were, you grew up in Provo mm-hmm. and you ended up going to BYU. So tell us like a little bit of your background. You grew up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, right? Yep. Yep, grew up in the church, um, mm-hmm. grew up in Provo. My dad he was a football coach at BYU for like 20 years, 20, mm-hmm. 30 years. We were at University of Utah before that. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved to Provo when I was a teenager and yeah, just kind of got immersed in BYU. Yeah. And what was like, I guess, the recruiting process? Like, I guess what made you decide to go to BYU? Because obviously if your dad's the coach there and like you have a lot of family history there now, I know as well. So yeah, I guess what was that decision making process like? It's actually kind of funny. I actually didn't want to go play at BYU. Um, mm. We had grown up Utah fans. My dad had coached there. And as a little mm-hmm. girl, you know, my my dream was to go play basketball at University of Utah for the, the then coach that was there, mm-hmm. Elaine Elliott. And she's a fantastic, like to this day, I have so much respect for her. She's an amazing coach. And that was kind of always the plan. And so I actually had committed to the University of Utah. Got it. Um, and then I blew my knee out and I was worried no. I was going to lose scholarship. Um, Elaine's an awesome person. She obviously was like, no, like everyone blows their knee. Right. Um, but then BYU came in after and offered me a scholarship. Got it. And it was an awkward conversation because my, pa- my parents were very adamant that I go to BYU. She's like that mom that's like, you need Jesus in your life. You're going to BYU. Right. Um, so I ended up decommitting from Utah. And going to, to BYU. And Got it. Yeah. It was, I mean, it wasn't obviously, I, I initially did not want to go there, but I, a lot of my club teammates ended up going. And mm-hmm. so then I, I got a little more excited, but it, I mean, yeah. it all worked out. Now, look, you know, looking back, I'm glad I ended right. up going to BYU, but it was mm-hmm. not my first option. Got it. Okay. I love the breakdown of the recruiting process because I feel like a lot of us have similar stories of maybe how we ended up where we ended up yeah and I and I always have to ask because people ask me this but um was like your sexuality at all a factor in deciding where you were going to go to school because I guess I guess this kind of leads into the question like where were you at with your sexuality when it came to like like by the time you were graduating from high school and everything what did that journey look like I mean I was very well aware like 
of my sexuality. Mm-hmm. I knew I liked girls at that point in my life. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people go to BYU because, you know, and it's very, it's, it's funny. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to BYU to like find my, that's like right. so many, but like in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be ready to play basketball. I'm, I don't, I'm not religious. I, I knew it when I was done with it, that the church wasn't going to really be for me anymore for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. Right. But I was like, for four years, I can keep going to church. You know, I can mm-hmm. do this thing because I'm, I'm here to play basketball. I, right. I didn't get into this school, you know, because I'm really smart. I had good grades, but I, I'm here to play basketball. So that's what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. my personal life really shouldn't matter if I'm doing fine on the basketball court. Right. So that was kind of, that was kind of my thought process. And mm-hmm. I didn't really... I probably should have thought more about it. I, I really didn't. I think growing up, I went to Timpu High School and it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it was a tougher, I loved it there. I, I loved the teachers. I loved all my friends, but it can be a tricky high school at times. And I think being closeted mm-hmm. to all my friends in high school mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, it'll just be like another four years of high school, you know, right? no one will know. I won't like my close handful of friends will know. And that's about it. Right. So and that, that kind of like felt safe kind of going to BYU because you're like, yeah. I've kind of done this before. Yeah, I've done this before. I'm comfortable. You know, I'm in my hometown. Mm-hmm. It's, I just kind of figured it would just be really easy. Nice smooth sure. transition. Yeah, no, 100%. And I feel like there were so many reasons, like you said, to go to BYU. You know, like your dad's there and your mom's, you know, very like, yeah, this is probably a really good option for you. Yeah. And, like, it's where you grew up. Like, I feel like there's a lot of really good reasons and, like, the scholarship. Like, there's so many reasons to go to BYU. So yeah. now I want to ask because what were the exact years that you were at BYU? Because you had, I think, probably one of the maybe hardest experiences at BYU because you were there a lot earlier than most of the people that I'm going to be talking to on this yeah. podcast. So tell us when you were there and can you kind of give us, like, a vibe of, like, where BYU was at with queer students at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So I was there in 2008 to 2012 mm-hmm. and they weren't, they weren't anywhere. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't even, it, the discussion topic was not even at the table. Mm. And so it kind of, for me, my mentality was, you know, if it's not even a discussion, I it'll, mm-hmm. I'll just fly under the radar because no one's talking about it. It's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't I didn't know if there were any other gay athletes at BYU. I just was kind of there. I was just kind of there, and it. it didn't. I think 2012 was when they had their first. They were doing like a student ally meeting. Mm-hmm. That was probably the first big thing that came up, and I remember one of my teammates saying how she was walking by where the meeting was and how she was just so disgusted that we were even (gasps) talking about it on campus. Mm. And at the time I was young and, you know, I was already kind of walking a fine line Mm -hmm. at BYU. Um, Obviously Mm -hmm. things that people had started hearing things and my coaches were becoming a little more aware, aware and, Mm-hmm. I was just finishing up chemo, so my body wasn't great, and I wasn't a very good basketball player. So I just kind of kept quiet, kept my head down, and mm-hmm. ignored the comment. But, you know, mm. that's just kind of how it was at BYU. You heard a lot of things that you just kind of pretended you didn't hear, and you just kept on your way walking. 
Got it. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I want to kind of dive more into that for people that don't, maybe really don't understand BYU and it's kind of, it's like past history with some of this stuff. Because one thing I spoke with, like some of these other students on this podcast with is like, this is this, it's like this kind of unspoken thing where it's like, I I'll honestly just say it like people don't necessarily follow the honor code, even when no. there's these very discriminatory, like, you know, phrases that basically say that, like, if you're gay, you can't date, you shouldn't be doing anything that gives expression to like, same gender attraction and everything. And, and then it goes for the whole student body that a lot of people are breaking the honor code and are sleeping around and, you know, maybe drinking, you know, doing these things, but specifically for queer students, there are many that fly under the radar, like you're saying, they do date, but it's like you're saying, it is all hidden, it is all secretive, and it is very, like, like you're saying, like, it's not something that you can really talk to anyone about, and the reason why is because you can, like, literally get in trouble for it. Mm -hmm. So I would kind of love to hear, if you feel comfortable sharing, what it was like to kind of, like, be in that situation at BYU and if you did date you know what was that like and what was the vibe and did it put stress on your relationships and do you mind like talking about that yeah no of course so I mean like you said BYU has the honor code I would say maybe 25 percent of the students follow it like at least the <laughs> students I encounter like no one really follows the honor code to a perfect T that's just right. kind of that's just how it is. Um, yeah. But it, it was a little tricky dating. I mean, I did date a couple guys when I was at BYU. Um, mm -hmm. Just because I like people. If someone has a good vibe and I want to spend more time with them, I'm going to. Right. But I, I dated girls. I dated a couple guys. And it was it was tricky. Um, I was in a really, a couple, it was what, maybe two-year, three-year, two-year relationship when I was mm -hmm. at BYU. And it was really hard. I mean, because, you know we're dating, we're, you know, everyone thinks mm -hmm. we're best friends. Everyone's right. assuming we're best friends. And then, you know, we have to go to church on Sunday and sit there and, you know, pretend to be these good people. And I always hear sort of how some people are like, oh, like, how could you, they, I get asked, like, how could you do that? Did you not feel guilty? And I, mm -hmm. I, I tell people, you know, I was like, I don't, I was like, I really don't think like being gay is a sin. I never felt mm -hmm. guilty once there. I don't, because mm -hmm. that's what I believe. But, right. I was like, I have to go to church, though. It's you, yeah. you have to go. But mm -hmm. it, it, it was tricky trying to, you know, be secretive and, okay, like, let's go to a late movie and hopefully no one will see us at the movie theater and mm -hmm. just kind of sneaking around. It was it was a little tricky. No, but, I imagine it would be. Yeah. <laughs> on top then, of, like, on top of just trying to, like, have a relationship with someone you care about. Like, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and you have to be hush-hush about it. And then, you know, you always get, like, people asking, like, I had one, the first counselor in my singles ward, he just was, like, determined to find me a husband. And he, mm. he would, like, give me guys' numbers. He would set me up, like, on dates and be like, are you free? I have this guy that wants to take you on a date. Like, we're going to find mm. you your eternal companion. And I just, it was exhausting. And it was awkward because he was my friend's dad. And it was just, like, so uncomfortable. Mm. And, but also, like, why do you care so much? It is not your business. Like, right. 
like why why go find go find someone else to bother <laughs> no exactly and you're raising a, like such an important point about BYU which like everyone has talked about is that like dating and marriage is so heavily pushed mm-hmm. in this culture it's like you can't even ignore your sexuality because everyone else is playing out theirs like and people actively want you to join in you know, so it's and I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. Like, it's so uncomfortable when you find yourself in these situations when, like, you have old men, like, literally pushing you to date. Correct. And it's like and it's like you can't. Well, I mean, in my opinion, like I never told like a bishop straight up, you know, before coming out that I was like queer. So, I mean, I can't even imagine being in that situation for you just being like um, I'm literally like dating other people and you're pushing this on me yeah and it was nice because like when I was playing basketball it was nice because they'd be like oh like I don't have time basketball is just so consuming and then (laughs) when I was done playing I still had one more semester so I was still going to church Mm -hmm. and um that was the that was the worst semester ever because it was just like full court press he was we're gonna find you a husband like now you don't have Mm -hmm. basketball you can go on dates like so-and-so and and -and so-and-so you went to high school with they're already married and having kids like we don't want like Mm -hmm. you don't want to miss that boat and in my mind I'm like I'm 22 years old like Mm -hmm. the the boat hasn't even like set sail yet man like yeah so much life ahead like 100 percent. but I know so many people get married young I mean my sister Mm -hmm. got married all my siblings my two siblings that are married they were younger and it works for some people but I just I wasn't there emotionally right. mature enough to be married at that age and I, I no, for sure that's absolutely like, so relatable oh yeah sometimes like am i i'm 20 i'm well i was 29 when i got married like even then <laughs> i'm like am i ready for this this is like a lot am i mature enough for this <laughs> no it's a big deal it's a big commitment and i know i'm like kudos to people that like do get married young and like put in that work because it's it is a lot of work ultimately oh, yeah. oh my gosh so much work. but oh my gosh okay so we also need to dive into the fact that like you also mentioned that you were going through chemo like you uh-huh. had cancer kind of can you tell us more about how that played into your experience at BYU and kind yeah. of how that led to some because I mean you also mentioned that like people's kind of sort of started to know about your sexuality it kind of sounded like it was a whole thing can you tell me about that yeah and it was kind of right around that time um when was it? It would have been my my sophomore year of basketball. Mm-hmm. And I was coming off like a really good freshman season. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, my sophomore season got sick. And kind of being in the spotlight, it kind of put me under a microscope because I wasn't playing basketball. So mm. people were paying more attention to what I was doing not in the basketball court. Got um, it. My freshman year, I felt like, it, you know, no one ever asked any questions. Because I was mm-hmm. playing and I was, I was doing pretty good. I was doing okay for a freshman. And so no yeah. one really questioned what I was doing in my free time. And then mm-hmm. when I got sick and I was trying to come back and, you know, it's just my body wasn't the same. And it, mm-hmm. was, it was tricky. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I told myself when I was at Bureau that I wasn't going to date. If I was going to date someone, you know, it, I didn't want to date someone well, who was also at BYU. Got it. Just because that could get sticky and then, you know got got right. into a relationship really quick my freshman year and when that mm-hmm. ended I got into a second one with another athlete and that's mm-hmm. kind of when things got a little dicey and people started hearing things and mm. and that's probably and you know 
that last, I ended up actually getting kicked off the team and my coach, while he never came out and said it, he -hmm. just said, you know, this isn't a good fit. You're not a good fit for the team anymore. Mm. You know, you're not performing. And I think what he really wanted to say was like, Hey, we know, we know what's going on. Like, we know you're dating girls. Mm -hmm. Um, But he never really came out and just said it, but him and I had a rocky relationship the whole time I was there. Mm -hmm. And so, right. Yeah. it was rough, you know, cancer, yeah. chemo, and yeah. <laughs> secret relationships all in my early 20s at BYU. It was a lot. <laughs> That's It is so much. And I want to kind of dive into that because I want to get away for a second from, like, like, I just want to honor, like, how hard that is. Like, I mean, a coach-athlete relationship in college is already tricky enough, you know, because they're mm-hmm. always, like – sometimes it just changes based on how well you're playing. And then when you get injured or literally you have cancer, like, of course that's going to like impact your performance and stuff, but it's like, you're adding another layer onto this, which is like, there's this very, like, like he does, people do get to discriminate at BYU mm-hmm. oh, like, yeah. be- because he maybe heard something about you dating or the fact that you're gay. Like he absolutely can like, maybe low key be coming at you with that as like another reason to like not have you there anymore and be like, yeah, yeah. you're not like a good fit. So I don't want to like even pretend like that wasn't a very real reason, you know, why people were, you know, maybe approaching you in that way. Cause that is a thing that they have set up at BYU that you literally can discriminate against someone based on their sexuality. So Correct. I just, I'm, I'm just so, so sorry that that happened because like, how was your mental health during that time? That would have been, that must have been so rough. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't great. And mm-hmm. I mean, mental health in general, I've, I've come a long ways thanks to my loving wife, who's been very Aww. patient. Yeah. But, you know, I, I never was one to like, be. I was never, you know, let's co- put everything in the little boxes and put them on a shelf in the back of our mind and, and right. <laughs> you know, kind of suck yeah. it up and just get through it. And that's yeah. kind of that's what I did with everything for so long. And then, you know, I met Carly and she's the opposite. She wants something happens. She wants to talk about it right then and there. And we're going to unpack this box and get mm-hmm. to like a healthy place with it. And mm-hmm. I'm just not like that. I'm like, I want to talk about it. Let's move on. But she's yeah. been good. And it's it's been good for me to kind of unpack that box. And, you yeah. know, I had, I had closed the door to BYU a long time ago. And then turns out that I actually had never graduated. We found out. Oh, um, yeah, tell so me had, about that. I had to reopen that box, which was, I wasn't, it, it, and it was hard, like, to go back and kind of, like, rehash all the BYU stuff just to get my diploma, but mm, we have it now. Well, it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, what was that process like? I guess I wouldn't even know where to begin with that, I guess. Um, It was like, I, I actually applied for a job out here, and um, they told me mm-hmm. I'd never graduate college, and I was like, there's... There's no way. And it was tricky because at the time when I had been kicked off the team, gone to my athletic counselors and mm-hmm. I was kind of like banned from the athletic buildings. Like, mm. you know, they I kind of had like, felt like I was like walking around with like a big red A on my shirt. Mm. And I wasn't, I wasn't allowed in there. My teammates weren't allowed to talk to me. Um, oh my gosh. It was, it was a rough, it was a rough time, but That's ended horrible. up, yeah, had to re-go through all that stuff and it was good because I had to I actually had, I had to talk to Carly about everything and mm-hmm. you know my relationship with my coach with the basketball program and mm-hmm. kind of where I stood with all that while trying to get my diploma yeah and it, was, it was a lot but we were able to get it 
it's it's hanging up. It's dated after our wedding. So, oh, <laughs> and Carly loves loves telling people, oh, my wife's the first married gay person to graduate from BYU. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my favorite. gosh. Maybe that's what I'll title this episode. The first, the first gay married person who graduated from BYU. <laughs> I love that. She loves well, that's it. A, that's a huge deal because, and I'm going to just keep coming back to this because I really, really want to emphasize this point. Like when you're at a school like BYU, when you are dealing with adults who can like lean into discriminatory policies, like you do kind of walk around and you feel like maybe you're doing the wrong thing like but you know you're not doing the wrong thing but like you're put in this kind of really 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 hard spot where like and like I want to just process that more with you because it's something that's been so frustrating to me where I'm like I think that queer students can be at BYU I think they deserve to date in the same way that straight students do and that that should not be like something that like means you're breaking a rule like because it's just like I can't imagine like if you were able to take away the stress like about being queer and about dating how much easier do you think your experience at BYU would have been oh it would have been so much easier so much easier I mean and even you've been on BYU's campus like yeah you walked down and everyone kind of just stares at the athletes weird as is so now like Mm -hmm everyone's now staring at you weird because you're an athlete and then on top of that everyone also kind of is hush hush because they also have heard that you're a lesbian and Mm. you know it's just just it's hard because there are no adults even if you wanted to talk to an adult you can't because anyone can turn you in at any given time Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like if you don't have a really good core foundation of friends that you can talk to it's mentally emotionally it's hard and I think that was hard for me is I had like two two of my best friends to this day that were mm-hmm. my teammates and we were at BYU and I, I didn't even tell them until years after I mean they really? I, I'm, I'm sure that they had an idea but sure. then, like, like I always felt bad like I was like living this fabricated life because mm-hmm. even with my family and my close friends they kind of all knew the Alexis that was closeted and was just one person mm-hmm. but now I'm not that person anymore and, and it was tricky trying to like find a balance of like I'm not that same person like this is like open me and stress-free yeah but yeah it was exhausting just and it just you know felt guilty lying to everybody about like who I really was and all that stuff it does create a stressful dynamic with your like interpersonal relationships I mean what was what was it like like when did you ultimately like come out to your parents for example and what was that like um they kind of had an idea even when I was a teenager they I think they knew and Mm -hmm. then I ended up out probably a couple months after I finished up school it was probably like fall 2013 Mm -hmm. right around there and it it didn't go over well um I Mm -hmm. think you I mean and I know you're not from Utah but you've been there enough like there's that kind of perception the idea of being perfect and everyone Mm -hmm. is perfect on the outside when really like behind closed doors like every family's got a lot of stuff going on right and it didn't go very well the first time that I came out to them and you know it made it a really hard six months I wasn't really around my family I wasn't really talking to any of them and Mm -hmm. had to ease back into it and at the time I just started coaching um high school basketball and I was 
I was terrified that, you know, these parents aren't going to want me coaching their daughters. Mm. And it, and that was a whole new, whole new warm hole to jump down, you know, right. once again, still keeping everything hush hush. Cause that right. was a time like teachers left and right were getting, and coaches were getting fired for mm. essentially for being openly gay. And it's Gosh. just, Utah's come a long way. BYU's come a long way, but I think there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, and it must have been so hard to, like, be living in, like, the middle of it. Like, when you're scared for your job and, like, your relationship with your family. and Mm -hmm. That's, like, a lot. That's a lot. And you've come a long way. So maybe we can can talk about, like, how your relationship with your family is now. And and how did it end up with, like, you coaching that team? Because, I mean, you've told me stories kind of about how, like – like the girls on that team like like adore you so much and like your sexuality obviously is not something that like prevents you from being like the best coach ever yeah no my relationship with my family it's great you know it it was a little rocky at first when I first came out the first time and then I kind of it was in one of those like don't talk like don't ask don't tell situations with them mm, okay. so they they didn't ask questions I didn't tell them and we actually didn't talk about it until Carly came along. Mm. Um, Carly and I started talking and she knew that like, I didn't openly talk to my parents about her or about what I was doing with my life. Um, mm-hmm. When Carly and I had met, I had just moved home. I kind of was in a really bad spot and mm. needed to move home and regroup. And so yeah. I was at home and she kind of, she kind of, it was good because she pushed me to have these hard conversations and, Pretty quick into our relationship, I knew that, you know, I was, I'm probably going to end up marrying this girl probably. And mm-hmm. I knew, I knew that I would have to talk to my parents about that. And I mean, it was probably the most like nerve wracking conversation I've ever had. Yeah. And because we started, it took almost a full year. It was about a year into us dating until I told my parents. Really? Was, How'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> it was so stressful. We were at Happy Sumo eating sushi. Yeah. And she was coming in town for my birthday and my mom was trying to plan my birthday and she was like, let's, she had all these activities planned, but Carly was coming in and Carly was like, you just like, if you don't want to tell them, that's fine, but you need to tell them because when she would come in to visit town to visit, we would like go like on little mini vacations. We'd go up to park city and stay, we'd mm-hmm. go up to Salt Lake and right. Um, but I was like really thinking to basketball season and you right. know, she was like, we need to stay in Provo. Yeah. And so I ended up, you know, I finally sat down with my parents at sushi and I was like, listen, guys, we need to have a talk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, we don't talk about this. And you guys are always like, you know, you need to be careful, like, because mm-hmm. you're coaching and blah, blah. blah. Right. And I was like, I'm dating someone. We've been dating for a while. She's coming into town. She's very important to me. And I, w- oh. if you guys are okay, I really would like it if you guys could meet her. Yeah. And they were like, of course, why wouldn't we meet her? Like, way more accepting, I think, than oh. I was I was shocked, actually. I was expecting them to be like, uh, it's okay. We'll just celebrate your birthday next weekend. Just because it, it had never gone well in the past. This conversation had never gone well right. in the past. And so I was, yeah. I was shocked, actually. And then they met Carly. And How'd that they, go? They adored her. My mom, to oh. this day. My mom loves Carly more than me. She's very open about it. She's not afraid to tell people. Um, <laughs> she always asks, like, can Carly come home for the weekend? You don't need to come to Alexis. We just want Carly. Aw, stop. So, they just hit it off. Yeah. 
so she's hit it off. She fits in great with the family. She everyone loves her. That's incredible. I mean, yeah. your mom is also a really powerful woman, so I'm not surprised. Obviously, that she and Carly just like. Oh what? yeah, they yeah. they gang up on me. It's great. It's great. They gang up <laughs> on you. Oh my god. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about that. But okay, so like relationship with your parents like over time has gotten better, and like that's incredible that you were kind of able to like. I'd be brave enough to honestly still have those conversations with your parents because like as someone who is also in this situation where like I have to like talk with my family about my relationship like it can be uncomfortable like it's oh, so it's hard it's so hard sometimes and like bringing up the idea of like marrying someone like it's hard so like I feel like I have so much respect for you like doing that because like it should be like this really exciting thing but sometimes it's like hard when you're approaching people who you know like have a very specific background a very specific idea of marriage and then you're like bringing this like new thing you know to them to the table and then you have to like work from there it's hard oh yeah no it, it it's way hard but no they handled it great and they were I mean our wedding was awesome they were so supportive and I, I was just super impressed you know like I lived in Provo majority of my life and yeah. it was, it was cool to see like my ward family come together for my wedding. I, I really didn't expect yeah. that. And I couldn't believe, you know, when the, you know, my young women's leaders threw me a baby, uh, not baby shower, our bridal shower, a bridal and, shower. Yeah, oh my like, gosh. All the, like the cute old ladies in the ward, a bunch of them came and they all came to the <laughs> wedding. And like, it was just, it was fun to see just kind of it all come together. Cause I, I, you know, my parents, Carly, and even telling yeah. them, like, oh, we're dating, and then, oh, we're getting married. Like, it was all yeah. just, like, so stressful. It's, like, it's stressful stuff, and, you know, yeah. you know and I, even being in my, when I told them, I think it was 28, when I had that conversation, told them we mm-hmm. were, like, oh, we've been dating forever, we're getting married. Yeah. And it, it was, like, a nerve-wracking conversation, just because, and no one wants to, like, disappoint their parents, but right. they were, like, the opposite they were and maybe I just like set such low like expectations for them. <laughs> you're like this like, is gonna go horribly I was, like. yeah I expected them just to like not take things well based off of our history but mm-hmm. they they were awesome they've been so good to her and Aww. yeah it's all worked out I love that okay I'm so glad there's like a happy ending to that because sometimes there's not so we love that for you too and that's how it should be honestly yeah I want to circle back to BYU. We love because, BYU. <laughs> yeah, we love it. It's iconic. Um, <laughs> do you – there's been obviously a lot of changes since since you were there. And actually, like, I remember being at Common Ground and your brother, like, they asked your brother to talk to, like – like, they had this, like, dinner dessert thing and, like, your brother came up and, like, talked about having, like, a sister who was – queer and he spoke really like beautifully about it and about how it's like so important to like be inclusive and everything and I think I don't know if that was the first time that I'd heard of you but like and I think it was Corbin it was Corbin yeah and he did this wonderful job about like just like talking about how it's important to be accepting of people and you know as a student athlete who was there and like we never really had like I never really heard like other athletes especially from other sports especially like from the football and basketball team like getting up and talking about like the importance of like being accepting of queer people that was a huge moment 
So, like, BYU is definitely, like, has had more conversations since you've been there. But, like, in your opinion, you know, how can BYU be better to queer students? Especially student-athletes. Yeah. I mean, so I remember when Corbin had that thing because he came home. Well, he called me on the way and he said, hey, sis, like, I got to go speak at this thing. He's like, do you care if I talk about you, Adam? Like, I don't care at all, Corb. Like, you do whatever you think is best. And I, I really don't mm-hmm. care. And Corbin's yeah. very good with his words. He's a great public speaker. Yeah, and, for um, sure. He, he said it went well. And he came home and he's like, there's this girl on the track team. Like, you should be her friend. Like, she's like doing oh. big, big things at BYU. And I'm like, oh, really? What's her name? He's like, her name's Emma. So then, like, you know, hopped on my Instagram. Right. And because, you know, I, I, I was still, I don't want to say I was bitter towards BYU, but I didn't follow what was happening at BYU after oh, for sure. Yeah. Just cause I, I still, had to, you know, I was still yeah. had some hard feelings and Not so I, I, you know, I hopped on, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this girl is awesome. She's doing things that I would have never done when I was at BYU. Cause I was like too scared hiding in my little closet. I was like, <laughs> it's like making big waves. I was like, this is amazing. Which is, and then that's kind of like how we started talking and became friends, but exactly. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, once I kind of met you and then I started following BYU and how they, you know, were having conversations. And I love the fact that they were even having the conversations that it's no longer this tabled discussion that we're never going to talk about Mm -hmm. and that the discussions were being had. But I also feel like there's a lot of talking and not enough doing. Mm. Um, Because I do feel bad for some of the students at BYU that are, that are very open these open mm-hmm. queer students, but yet they also feel like they can't date. They can't, they aren't, don't have the same opportunities that other students have. Right. And I mean, I think the biggest thing probably for BYU that I've seen, and I think, and I don't know, maybe it's because I was an athlete or because my brother's on the football team, but I think seeing how supportive the athletics are becoming of these kind of topics has been mm-hmm. huge for BYU. Right. Um, but I think it needs to become more of a like whole student body thing and not just Mm. uh, a select few students. I think that's really well said. And I would definitely agree with that. Like, especially about the talking and not doing, because at the end of the day, like, I agree, it does come back to like, if you're going to be more inclusive, then just make sure that your policies reflect that. And also like, if athletics is going to have this conversation, like, I think, like you're saying, like the whole student body needs to be on the same page. Yeah. And I actually want to get your opinion on this because, um, you know, BYU was accepted into the Big 12 they, a few months ago. They have ago. been. They have been. And a lot of it was like, part of it was because, you know, they were saying that BYU has improved in terms of specifically inclusion like for lgbtq plus students and i thought it was really interesting alexis because i was like who are you talking to where are these queer student athletes that are telling you that things have improved so much that like that's a reason that byu should be getting into the big 12 yeah so i was mm, it's hard because like we both competed for BYU, you know, I, we're both athletes. Like, of course we understand how cool it is to be competing in these bigger conferences. So like no one's like rooting against BYU from doing that. But I did just think it was really interesting that they were citing that like BYU has improved so much that they deserved 
like in terms of inclusion to be in a bigger athletic conference. I was curious to kind of like hear your, hear your like insight on that at all. Yeah. I mean, and I don't, they've gotten better, like I said, because they're at least having a conversation, but same thing. Like I would love to know like current, like what current queer BYU athletes feel like it's gotten better, you know? Right. Maybe it's gotten better in the fact that we can openly talk about it. Maybe it's gotten better that BYU is like, oh, yeah, you can be queer and go to BYU. That's fine. You can't act on it, but you can openly be queer. But, mm-hmm. I mean, and if that's like the big leaps and bounds BYU's made, I guess depending mm-hmm. on how you look at it, it, it kind of is a big jump for them. But at the same time, sure. it's been like that for a couple years where like the conversation's been going on for a couple years. So what's, what's the next right. thing that's going to change? You right. Know? No, uh, I think that's well said. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I know small changes lead to big changes, but I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's tricky, but yeah, I, I, I do wish some of these athletes would like use their platform at BYU to like try to get, because yeah. I feel like the athletes get it. I feel like some of the coaches get it. I don't feel like all the coaches do, but just mm-hmm. to try and get everyone to be more inclusive. Cause it, if we could like visually see it and hear about it from the athletes, then I'd be like, right. oh, yeah, like they have made huge changes. But I'm like, yes, I live on the other side of the country now, but I don't see a ton of big changes coming to being BYU athletics. About. Yeah, nothing yes. really being talked. Like, where are the changes? I I'd love to see them. I agree. Yeah, see, that's been my thing, too, because I'm like, obviously, I've been a year away from the school. Like, I have my own experiences that I can lean into where I would say, "Mm, I don't think you've changed enough. But like you, I was like, yeah, where are these like current student athletes like telling me that things are better, which is honestly like why we're sitting down and even having this conversation. Cause I'm like, no, let's bring in like all the queer student athletes and like unpack this a little bit one at a time, because I do want to get to the bottom of this. I'm like, is it enough? Like, or are these stories a good way maybe to like, show BYU and the community and anyone willing to listen that no, like we're not quite there. Like things still need to change. So I really appreciate like you sharing your insight and, you know, telling us about your experience back in like 2008, because it's definitely gotten better. Things definitely look different, but I think like you're saying, there's like still a long way to go. And like, with that said, like, what would you tell someone who's considering um i would just tell them upfront and honest you know it's gonna Mm -hmm. be hard it's gonna be tricky there's Mm -hmm. going to be students some of them might be athletes some of them might be not that are going to be just so like disgusted with your lifestyle Mm -hmm. and if you got to have kind of tough skin to go into that community of byu and of provo and while yes like i think in the community not just BYU but just Provo in general you know they've mm-hmm. become way more diverse way more inclusive there you're right. still going to get a, a handful of people mm-hmm. you know that just aren't on that level that are still stuck you know just mm-hmm. being very discriminatory to anybody different than them but mm-hmm. BYU is a great school they have great athletics mm-hmm. um it's it's terrible that they would miss out on some really great athletes based off of their personal lifestyle outside of their athletics. I think yeah, 
you know, if you're smart enough and good enough to go play sports at BYU, you should be allowed to go. You should be able to date who you want while you're there. And it really shouldn't mm-hmm. matter who you're dating because you're, you're there to play sports at the end of the day. Thank you for listening to the Queer Athlete Podcast. And more importantly, a huge thank you to Alexis for being the very first one and for being so willing to dive into what can be honestly a really sensitive and hard part of life to talk about. And I'm just really grateful and I hope everyone can learn from Alexis's story and just some of the thoughts that she shared. Um, I'm really excited for some of the other podcasts coming up. Next week, we will be hearing from Wyatt, who was a member of the BYU track team. He has a really important and powerful story to share. And beyond Wyatt, in the weeks coming up, we will be hearing from current queer BYU student-athletes. So... Lots to look forward to, and I hope to see you guys next week. Bye!